but he'll always love the game more than he loves me. Sail away to the cold expanse of space. Even love couldn't keep you in your place. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all humankind. Your hosts here in England, Matthew Russell and Chris Carney. Oh yeah, baby! Oh yeah, baby! Grimes! 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 Different type of grime, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. That's that's a recent lyric. Can you believe that? Fantastic! I love it. Yours are my favourite Grimes. Someone that Jamie and both Jamie and myself have have actually worked with Grimes back in the day. Yeah, really. In her oblivion days, in her genesis so to speak yeah it, yeah I, I, I remember spending a couple of days teaching her how to use logic and her interface for her live gigs oh my god good. so who, yeah, who I can, knew where that would go who knew? <laughs> no exactly and jamie used to do little interviews in fact you can if you look up um roland jamie franklin grimes you can find a couple of youtube videos of jamie interviewing her in a that band is super a, cool a glastonbury and things yeah it's very funny um uh yeah but but yeah so do do you know who she was talking about in that uh, lovely uh, quote well let's have a little guess shall we (laughs) Uh, well i'm get your drinks ready everyone (laughs) (laughs) it was elon musk i reckon yeah yeah who is now an ex isn't he's they they split they've they've gone they split up they well yeah they've gone their separate ways and i think it's his third divorce yeah oh Got to cost him some money, that one. Um, He's yeah, got no, it to spare. I, I saw it. I saw it mentioned in an article by The Guardian, mm. which, is, which is a bit of an odd place for this to be. But The Guardian, Elon Musk is learning a hard lesson. Never date a musician. <laughs> well, I clearly never learned that. I, I know. I was gonna, that's, so what I wanted to ask you, Chris, is is that true? Is that? <laughs> you know? I, I have only ever had one uh, song written about me by my dear wife, and it was about falling in love with me. So I've I've been I've gotten away with it. Oh, or, also, she tells me because you know the wonderful Kaya. She writes quite so um, quite complicated lyrics that don't always mean just one thing. So there might be a few digs at me and there somewhere we've been together for 14 years (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah when i met her she had loads of breakup songs about other people and i was just kind of like hmm i better not break up with her (laughs) well well, apparently grimes's second album is is all about some studio technician that she fell in love with Mm. with like curly gray hair Oh, yeah, oh, amazing. hello! Yeah. <laughs> is this what? You, is this uh, why you put this quote? That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really, of course. That's just an utter lie. I made that up. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of pop songs out there about me, Chris. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to get jealous at this stage. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. God, Elon Musk. It's quite funny. I thought I'd, I'd I'd have a look at Elon Musk in the news this week. You can't actually find a decent news story about Elon Musk. It's just a complete mm. and utter mess, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's but it, it's, it's it just like, shows that this sort of like, you know, this pioneer, intensely rich person is so flawed you know and and i, th- I th- think it just comes with the territory like you know that we, we often have these 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 amazing people who are just you know they've got some real problems behind closed doors you know just shows that money's not everything doesn't it 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that that quote isn't particularly damning on Elon Musk. He's just basically saying he's a workaholic who's addicted to addicted to his job. Sure. And actually, his job comes first. Yeah. I mean, is that too harsh a thing to say? It's like no, no. Geez. I think I think you're right, but I just I was thinking more of the context of sort of three sort of marriages oh, yeah. that have not worked out and stuff like that. Which no, 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 you know, no judgments on on people who've had three marriages not work out but i'm just saying that you know the money and the uh, and the the sort of lavish life and everything it doesn't actually count for a lot when it comes down to relationships does it oh that's so true that is so true Hmm. it's probably been said quite a few times hasn't it money doesn't buy you happiness and love does it no, it doesn't. But I'm all I'm willing, as Spike Milligan says, all I'm willing for is the chance to prove that money won't change me. <laughs> Absolutely. God. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we haven't really talked much about space yet, have we? No, have let's, do it. That? Right. let's do I it. I think we, pr- we should probably move on to spacey things. So there was a, there was a paper out uh, in Science this yeah. week called... GJ367b, it's already catchy. got a catchy title, yeah. a dense ultra-short period sub-Earth planet transiting a nearby red dwarf star. Okay. Now, yes, this is Christine Lamb from the Centre of Astronomy Astrophysics in Berlin, et al. Yeah. Lots of lots of people involved in this. Uh, and, and actually, this is super cool. A planet that orbits its star... Every seven point seven hours. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, a year. I mean that is uh, <laughs> a year, a year is a on that planet. Where <laughs> 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 well, a year is a working day. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. That is uh, so. Yeah. It's it's whipping around that thing like like you would not believe. That, that is incredible. That's zipping fast, isn't it? Yeah. We must be approaching light speeds. Really. I mean. Of, of, uh, how fast how i mean i guess how we want to know the circumference of the red door first but like that must be incredibly fa- fast yeah oh no absolutely so yes it's it's uh that's its usp it's oh, uh right. unique selling point is yeah. to be a us is to be a usp an Should ultra short my period planet ex- <laughs> exoplanet yeah so it's yeah a usp in this in this instance stands for ultra short period exoplanets okay uh yeah cuz mercury isn't a usp although no. it's got a fairly short period but nowhere near that i mean that's ridiculous isn't it yeah it's also moving pretty slow mercury is it oh am i wrong on that oh no it's sorry it's it's turning very slowly oh well you know and it was one of the well, other. Uh, well, I'm assuming, I, I would assume that something that close to its parent star would be tidally locked. So yeah. its day and its year will both be 7.7 hours. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so its day is quite reasonable. It's just its... Um, <laughs> it's just its orbit is not. No. It's, <laughs> it's completely unreasonable. Ridiculous. This was actually found by TESS. The uh, which is um, NASA's it's, it's transiting exoplanet survey satellite. That's it. That's right. I just couldn't re- couldn't remember that. I was going to help you out there, but you know you found oh, the Google. Uh, stuff. All right, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was which was launched back in 2018. So we covered that when test launched April yeah. 2018. That looks for the little dips in light 
and obviously they found this this one in in the data that it collected mm. and i believe this this data was collected in a month in 2019 it looked at a little section of the southern sky mm. and lots and lots of scientists have been poring over that data ever since mm. and they found this little bleeping dot <laughs> this yeah. little dip in light every 7.7 hours go, there, it is, the, there it is there it is there it is <laughs> yeah which is obviously I, I guess it even though it's a small planet it's easy to detect i guess because it has a lot of transits in in the period that you're looking yeah and so i guess that data is easier to pull out than normal and that is one of the reasons why it's one of the smallest ever planets to be exoplanets to dis, be discovered so far yeah so so it's 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 super small but what actually makes it really interesting is some of the data it was discovered by tess uh, but what they've used is other telescopes since to kind of really confirm its uh, size and stuff. So they've been using the High Accuracy Radial Velocity Planet Searcher, nice. or HARPS, or HARPS, which is on a ground-based telescope this time, the yeah. European Southern Observatory Telescope in Chile. And with that, they've been able to kind of uh, infer some of these things. So they know that it's... Um, it orbits this uh, M-type red dwarf every 7.7 hours. Yeah. It's got a radius of about 70% of Earth's. Okay. But it has, yeah, it has a mass of about 55% of Earth. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of Mars-sized. Yeah. But it's a lot, lot, lot heavier than Mars. So we're right. talking some, some iron... Some some heavy stuff uh, in there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it's very similar to Mercury in the fact that it's like this, just basically a giant iron core almost. Yeah. So yeah, the iron core is like eighty six percent of its radius. Whoa! So there's only a kind of little crumbly bit at the uh, the <laughs> on the outside. Yeah. Now it could be that it's be, it's it's orbiting so close to its star. Um, that it gets loads more radiation and it's very, very harsh. So it might be that the outer layers have actually been vaporized off. Yeah, this is this is a planet that's like Earth that, that's but all the rock and stuff on top of your iron core has just basically been boiled almost like it's been boiled away. Yeah. Particularly because M dwarf stars, these red these red dwarfs, are very, very active when they're young, especially. They they have lots and lots of flares. They they're very angry, like teenage teenagers. Very yeah. angry stars, always flaring up, which is which doesn't make them great for the prospects of finding life around them, because of course solar flares are not particularly healthy. No, for definitely not. Life as we, for life as we know it. But, you know, it's unlikely, isn't it, that they're going to find life on this G, GJ367B, being the fact that the surface gets 500 times more the radiation than Earth. Oh, that's no good. Mm. You have to watch that film with the Tom Hanks in it at the minute. Mm. And you... And you know, you know what, you know, on hot days when it gets to about thirty-two or thirty-three degrees centigrade, yeah, how you feel? How you feel a little bit hot and bothered? Yeah. How 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 hot do you think it gets on uh, on old GJ three six seven B? Well, let's see. So you go, you're on holiday, 
uh, mm-hmm. on G three six seven six B, and you and you just just pop out of the of the of the hotel, and you're experiencing immediately um, two two hundred degrees centigrade. No, not even close. What? What is it? One the one thousand five hundred degrees centigrade. Matt, that's no holiday. That's not a holiday, is it? That's, no, that's uh, it's hell. That's proper sun. That's proper sunburn. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going there anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, it's, but then you uh, can say as well, like you know, if you go away for your normal two weeks, it's like, how long we were there for? Fourteen years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's the upside. That yeah. is the upside. You can brag about how you spent fourteen. Yeah, I spent fourteen years on another planet. Gosh, you don't look that. You don't look that old. No, you know. But <laughs> yeah, I. It's it's very. Yeah, that is impressive. I mean, but here's 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 the upside of this. Good. Is a a. It's one of those. It's one of those little planets that's actually quite handy as a little marker to say hey there's a planet here this is definitely worth looking at this system to see if you can find other planets yeah because it's unusual to find just one planet circling a red dwarf you'll probably find that there's lots of other planets in that system so even though there's this obviously dead rock that's getting blasted away other 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 planets that will be in an orbit um and and red dwarf so much smaller than a than our sun that to be habitable in the habitable zone you could have a planet that's orbiting that takes a month for example sure yeah and so yes you could you could have month long years on these exoplanets in the habitable zone of this particular star so that so so we might find some we might find some um planets Around this actually very nearby red dwarf, it's thirty-one light years away. That's it. Oh, is that all? That's all. Yeah, in the constellation of Vela. Okay. There we go. Got me on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> Vela. <You> got... <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, yes, thirty-one light years. I mean, it's doable. Mm. But um, do you know the thing is. I'll go on a bit of a tangent here, but you know about your inhabitable zone. We're, mm. Also, the other factors that we obviously need, I'm not necessarily saying that, that life needs what we've needed, but we've 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 come about through also the, the, the Earth's tilt on its axis as well and the, you know, the moon to be entirely mm. locked to it and stuff like that. Are we looking for that too? Or is it even possible to find that at the moment? Well, to find little moons, to find if a if, if a planet is is a is you know like ours a little bit little bit skew if on its axis, which has obviously helped us oh. with seasons and things. Yeah, I, I think that's really really difficult. Maybe mm. with James Webb, we'll be able to see oh, stuff like yes. that. I knew James Webb could do it. So not this week, but next week is probably the launch of James Webb. I can't believe it. Ah, uh, just before Christmas as well. Incredible. And, and so yeah, that may start looking for things in April 2022. So not not long now, is it? And no. and it's very it's very very exciting. But there there's going to be a lot of stress between now and then. I think uh, everyone should join together on the Discord, and we should have a watch the launch party on Discord. Count me in. Yeah, that's what we're doing. 
So uh, when that when that date actually gets announced, it's the twenty second of December at the moment. But I wonder if that will be the actual day. But it's pretty goddamn amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's very exciting. That if if it is, that's going to be my event of the year. Oh oh my god, yeah. I mean, it's got, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yes, that's certainly got to be one of them. In, so in anyway, let's, let's be honest, a pretty amazing year. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, and it has been an amazing year. So that that is, in fact, the, the uh, Gliese 367b is the smallest and least massive known exoplanet within 10 parsecs of the solar system. It may never know it's the little record that it's broken on Earth. Ah, oh, so it's just out there orbiting alone. Yeah. Not not knowing what achievement it had here on Earth. The accolades. <laughs> Mercury type object the size of Mars whipping whipping around its star. Ooh, at quite a rate. Of course, studying that system should help them find other exoplanets and once they find those other exoplanets, work out why this planet has basically migrated so close to its star as well. You know, mm. what what kind of processes happened so there's lots to learn from that system it's like one of those systems where they've just opened up a box and it's like here's loads of things to learn <laughs> um, yeah that's that seems to be the the sort of upshot of this paper it's like yeah this is this is a very interesting little nugget let's uh let's find out more so i should imagine there'll be lots more on that glees um star yeah three six seven so let's uh so that's it um Talking of telescopes launching, so we did actually see the launch of a uh, space telescope. Oh this yeah, week, the, the week that's just gone Thursday. Yeah, NASA and the Italian Space Agency launched the Imaging X-ray Polarimetry Explorer. Yeah, you got that spot on there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, and the, yeah, went up on a SpaceX Falcon Nine rocket. Never heard of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a what? <laughs> a what? A what? And yes, this it's actually a really interesting little uh, space mission. Hasn't uh, I think the turnaround of mm. this is is insane. So this this was something that was announced in January two thousand and seventeen. Mm. The Italian Space Agency signed up for it in June two thousand and seventeen. Um, and they they basically supplied the X ray polarization detectors. Which they invented, by the way. So this, you know, this is this is something that obviously took a lot of skill. Yeah. So they were invented and developed by the Instituto Nacional di Astrofisia. Bellissima. Which is yeah, which is I guess the Institute of Astrophysics and the and the National Institute of Nuclear uh, Science as well was involved and they've been refining these instruments for years and have given them to NASA as this joint project uh, for this uh, polarization telescope. Now, what do you think they can find out from polarization of light? Oh, well, uh, well of, of X-ray light in particular. Oh, X-ray. Are, are we looking for, are we looking for dark energy, dark matter? That'd be amazing. No. So this, it's much more to do with kind to, 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 Study things like black holes, Ooh. neutron stars, yeah. pulsars, supernovas, Ooh, magnetars, quasars, active galactic nuclei, <laughs> all those sort of like big, massive 
objects that are terrifying. It's the in sexy the stuff, universe. isn't it? It's the sexy stuff, Matt. Let's just be honest. <laughs> it is. It is the proper sexy, yeah, black <laughs> hole. Can't get much cooler than that. No, it's Mr. The Neutron best. Star. So yeah, it's like yeah, these. So it's all these like extreme environments where I guess relativity comes into a play massively. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, this this measures this the way that the X-ray radiation is given off from these various objects and how the local environment is polarizing the X-rays. In other words, making them vibrate in a particular direction. Mm. And that will give some insight into what these ridiculous high temperature environments around these unbelievable objects is really like. Yeah. So this falls under the NASA goal of discover how the universe works. Right, yeah. I'm not even joking. That is literally a NASA first science objective. Yeah. Discover how the universe works. Yeah, and they've gone to the right places there. (laughs) So, yeah, they should be able to work, try and work out what what the heck is going on with this, um, with some of these things. So it's going to improve sensitivity of polarisation of light in the X-ray spectrum um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and try and determine how particles are accelerated in pulsar wind nebulas, find the mechanism for X-ray production in pulsars, those kind of things, the way that magnetic fields are configured in magnetars. Yeah. (laughs) So lots and lots of um, things. This one's quite a good one. Determine the geometry and the emission mechanism of the active galactic nuclei and microquasars. Oh, yeah. I do that before breakfast. It's a really, really cool space telescope that I yeah. didn't really know much about. And it's kind of been built very, very quickly by Ball Aerospace Technologies in America. Uh, and it's basically been launched by SpaceX and up it goes and and off we go. See, and they've done this so quickly, gonna... the Ball ball Aerospace, do you think in the way the workers are in there, like they call themselves ballers? Like, because like, they like, we've done it, ballers. And they're all like, ballers. You know, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> got to check out Martin C. Weisskopf, who is the NASA Marshall Space Flight Center. He's the principal investigator. So, he was the project scientist for Chandra X ray Observatory as well. Yeah. The good old Chandra X ray Observatory. So, in safe hands there. Mm. And yeah, $188 million, two year operation. You know, quite quite a bargain. It's really. It's, it, that's, that's, a, that's a decent old budget, that. You know, and, and, yeah. and that, that speaks to keeping it down to a minute. You know, let's get this done quick. Move fast, make mistakes. <laughs> That's how we it, do. It, yeah, it 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 looks really cool as well. This this thing actually looks like pretty sexy because it's it's three telescopes. Yeah, uh, three identical telescopes, and they've got this enormous boom that gives it its really good focal length. And oh, so you've got just looking so, at it and now. like it's uh, yeah, it's it's a sexy looking uh, telescope. Mm, it's a beauty. Yeah. So yeah, I was pretty pretty pleased with that, and it's launched no problems. Um, apparently, it's very very small for a SpaceX Falcon Nine launch, but in actual fact, Falcon Nine had to work quite hard to get it into the orbit. So this the orbit that this thing has is almost exactly round the center of the Earth, 0% inclination. Yeah. Uh, so it so 
to do that, because Cape Canaveral is at 28.5 inclination above the equator, you have to you have to do a lot of work to get it into that orientation, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Falcon 9 was powerful enough to do it because this telescope is actually quite small compared to a normal Falcon 9 uh, payload. Sure. That's my understanding anyway. Yeah. Well, a little beauty. <laughs> it's got to go around the equator because it's got to uh, try and miss the South Atlantic anomaly. What's that? The South Atlantic anomaly is this place where the, the Earth's magnetic field is really odd. Something that affects lots and lots of satellites and things. Yeah. there's Somewhere in the South Atlantic, there's this weird magnetic bulge. Is it probably, over Bermuda? The original SpaceX CRS-1 Dragon spacecraft had problems passing through the anomaly. Oh, hmm. Fantastic and a an, lovely little anomaly there. So, yeah, that's why it's got to, that's why it's got to orbit there because, obviously, it needs to be very, very sensitive to X-rays yeah. and not be disturbed by stuff going on on Earth, like well, people's microwaves and stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, so we haven't got a microwave, and it's for that very reason. So you don't annoy... So we don't um, interfere with XP... Yeah, so you don't annoy with people trying to get fast radio bursts from the from the. Well, I'm universe. like, you know, what do I want? Do I want do I want me dinner quickly, or do I want to know how <laughs> black holes are formed? Oh uh, well, obviously the uh, the second exactly. Um, well, I suppose one last bit of news is that uh, NASA, again NASA, have chosen ten new astronauts. Isn't that amazing? Ten. It's just like it's just it's such a big bold thing. Let's have. 10 more this is this is they're just basically saying you know there's going to be a lot of activity yeah and it i think and so do lots of other people not just me and that'd be ridiculous to say it was me but nasa uh, i mean to be an astronaut right now if you're like a young astronaut is probably a really great time to become an astronaut yeah i'd I'd say it's been pretty rubbish for the last sort of 15 years since the space shuttle finished but now it's it's going to be start getting heating up. I mean, we're talking potentially trips to the moon and potentially a trip to Mars. Yeah. These 10 might not make it all the all the way through. No. Maybe they've got two years of training to, to be actually called astronauts, but they're in the astronaut corps now. Mm. Uh, so there's quite a few, you know, lots of people at the Air Force yeah. in here. But lots of other people who, you know, degrees in mathematics and biochemistry and all those kind of things in this list some of them are quite old luke delaney's 42 hey same age as me yeah and they so told me i was too, they told me i was too old <laughs> and and neil menon is 45 what oh my goodness yeah. so you know and he hasn't even started training yet yeah unbelievable but he was space but he was spacex's first flight surgeon Oh, well, there, he's got it in there. But, you know, you can even see there, like, he flew F-15s. It's like, yeah, it's like that's years (laughs) ago. (laughs) Yeah, he's done 100 sorties in F-15 fighter jets. Oh, man. So, yeah, you you look at these people, they're either fighter pilots or genius scientists. Yeah, a combo of the two. Or a combination of the two, yeah. Yeah. often a combination of the two so yeah well done to all those people that have that, that uh, have been chosen there fab i mean um, yeah i mean what we can do is like we could choose off pick our favorites who we think are going to be the the candidates who make it through to the end you know i've got my eye on on nickel airs 32 
major in the US Air oh. Force. She's got all the makings. She's got everything there. Look at that. She's got a, even got a minor in Russian. Come on. One of the few women currently flying the F-22. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, she's my fave so right. far. Christina Birch, there's a quite a good one. University of Arizona, degree in maths, degree in biochemistry, molecular biophysics, doctorate in biological engineering. <laughs> Uh, uh, and and she's also a decorated track cyclist on the US national team. I've changed my favourite. Quite... I've changed me. Oh, there you go. I've, I've... Yeah. She's literally an athlete, like a proper full-on athlete. Now, I don't want to brag here, but the American team, track cycling team, isn't as good as the UK one, just pointing that That's out. That's quite true. But hey. Yeah, it is really true. What a good bunch. I, always, I always just get a little bit. I just look at it and go... Matt, what were you doing with your life? I think I spent I think I spent too long watching telly, Chris. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot to watch. There's you know, you've you finally yeah. you finally got me to watch for all mankind. Thank you so much and, for and how, came around. And how worthwhile was that? And how worthwhile was that? Oh my god. It is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. I, I absolutely yeah. loved it. It's just, just brilliant. And I've got like everybody else. I've got my mum watching it now. I've got, uh, I've got uh, my wife watching it. It's like, it's, it's just superb. Uh, yeah, the, the drama, the yeah, the, the the science behind it. Everything is so much fun. And it, and it also makes you a bit sad. It's like you know. I love that within the first few episodes, you've got women already involved. You've already got like, um, you know. You've already got sort of these bigger advancements happening just because of that competition still existing within the uh, you know within the Cold War. I just think it's great. I really do. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's an awesome program. Yeah, amazing. some of my favourite actors as well. There's some really good good people in that as well. Yeah, awesome. Definitely, definitely. I want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might actually start watching it again. Actually. Um, <laughs> But before I do that, I'm going to have to let everyone go. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so so I, I'm inviting everyone to the um, to the little party. I will also be on off nominal, which is Anthony and Jake's um, um, podcast oh, coming up soon. Cool. As well. I'll look forward to that. Oh, so I'll I'll tweet that out. Yeah. So that's going to be. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Smashing. So I'll, yeah. Cool. Well, that's it. What are you up to this week, Chris? Oh, Matthew, I'm so glad you've asked me this because in a couple of days' time, I'm going to watch the unbelievable Little Sims who uh, is playing Liverpool. Uh, and I'm really excited to hear her album, uh, Sometimes I Might Be Introvert, is my album of the year. She's amazing, and I'm really really excited about that. So uh, how about you? Uh, I, I'm actually going to be slightly more relaxed this week because I, I finished doing a whole bunch of gigs this week. Oh, good man. Lots and lots of lots and lots of gigs. That was the Winter Live Festival. It's all done. It's all done and dusted. So now I can relax a little bit uh. and just get on with, with a little bit of marking, a little bit of prep, but nothing quite as hectic as last week. So hopefully we'll have a longer pad- podcast for ready for next week. Slightly, you know, more up to snuff. Fantastic. But thanks very much for bearing with us. Cheers. And, you know what? Uh, I oh, oh, to say as well. oh, and actually. Go, go, you oh, go. Sorry. I had something. You got no, something. <laughs> no, I just, I just remembered the, uh, the, the Recovering Queen podcast starts again tomorrow as well. Oh. Season four. Season four. We're back with uh, Queen's It's Late 
cover version, which is I highly recommend because it's by far my best guitar playing ever. Oh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get on to that. But what I was going to say was something related to this. I think for any new listeners, we're coming up to about a year now since we had the great Professor Brian Cox on the show. Uh, so oh, right, if, you, yeah. if you've just joined us... Go back, check out the Brian Cox one. It's, it's quite a long podcast, isn't it? With him, he, he gives you he gave oh, you so yeah, yeah. much of his time, and it, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's just absolutely brilliant. Super guy, he's super guy. I love, I love Brian Cox. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. In fact, I was supposed to go see Brian Cox, and we and I, and I was literally getting ready, and then my mate phoned up and said, "Oh, I've, I've only just realised they've been postponed until next year." Oh. <laughs> so. So, so I'm not going to see, but but I have got tickets to see Brian Cox. Which you've got them in the bag. Gone. Yeah, you've got them. I've got them there. in the bag. I've got them in the bag. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Well then, oh, I uh, I will hopefully see you soon, sir. Bye, bye, Spock. Bye, Spock. Bye, Spock. Bye, Spock. Bye, Spock.